Hello, everyone, and welcome into Grip Locked, Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor. And before we get into today's episode, I want to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode. Autumn is in the air, the pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends over at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I mean. Make sure you keep things fresh this fall with the leader in, Leaders in Male Grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GRIPLOCKED. It's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. That's a whole lot of stuff. Then after trimming your pumpkin patch and whacking those leaves, gives your balls a boost with the Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts into their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag that Trevor just mentioned. That way you can remain comfy and cozy no matter where you find yourself this fall. Don't forget to get 20% off and free shipping with the code GRIPLOCKED at manscaped.com. That's one word, GRIPLOCKED. They'll get you 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Make your balls a priority this fall and choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank Thank you i don't know why it took me so long to like make the connection that like they call it the shed travel bag because it's like everything it's holding all your tools they name they name everything after lawn tools so what lawn tools are they missing the power washer it's a bidet i feel like hedge, <laughs> it's a bidet <laughs> i feel like hedge trimmer is pretty obvious hedge, hedge trimmer. trimmer just like a pair of scissors Maybe that would be like Trim a beard. A beard. Well, it's all it's all like body hair. I mean, yeah, they could, yeah, for yeah, your beard. They could go in a beard. Okay, yeah. If you're listening, I'm trying to think of what else are even is. That's your next move. I think that's about that's about it's <laughs> about right. <laughs> yeah. I, don't I mean, know. there's a lot of like obscure lawn tools. Yeah, I started thinking farm. tools. They could just have like the rake. You know, <laughs> that's just a back scratcher. It's just, yeah, it's just a comb. It's yeah, just it's just a, a comb. comb. Hey, hey, hey that, that, that actually works really well. All right, all right. You know what? Hit us up, Manscaped. Manscaped hired Connor. They did. They, did. Yeah. <laughs> they did. That's that why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, this past weekend we had the battle for Bedford. We talked about it leading into the week. Uh, I was super stressed about it. it. Is now officially behind us. Well, ninety-five percent behind us. I still have to complete the payout and stuff like that. So, like sending the money out to the AM players and the pro players. Um, but that'll be done within the next day or two, and then it'll be officially behind us. Um, it could not have went better. I don't think. No, nah, it was it was very smooth. I yeah. didn't have really any big issues. Nothing made me like freak out internally, and that's. That's like a, it doesn't I had take maybe much. one or two minor freakouts internally, but it, they were resolved within five minutes. It brought me back to like my days of like working athletic events because like I, I felt like that same adrenaline rush of like I'm up at five in the morning, like I got to set things up, I got to deal with people. Like it gave me that rush again, and I it kind of was like an old friend. <laughs> uh, I yeah, forgot I mean, what it was like to live like that. <laughs> I was I was really stressed leading up to it, um, and then. Thursday, the guys from the Palm Beth Foundation who are helping run the event, uh, Dustin, Tyler, Brandon, Justin, Tom, yeah, those five guys, uh, they all rolled in, and um, they were the TDs of all the courses except for Falling Creek, which we had Trevor on, and And Silas Silas on. Don't forget. And so when Friday morning hit, I had done a lot of prep work Thursday night. I got everything printed out and everything. Then Friday morning hit, and I kind of just kind of put myself in cruise control. I had to drive around a lot. You know, I ran them and our spotters uh, lunches, and I, like, had to escort our spotters to the holes and stuff like that. But, like, during the event, 
I really didn't have much to do. It ran itself. It yeah, the event ran itself very smoothly, which tells you that the preparation that we did was good enough. Yeah. So. And then, you know, at, at nights, I would have to like, basically my job was just like the night before, I would get everything prepped for the next day, hand that to these guys, and they might they made my weekend very stress-free. It was amazing. The team did a great job. Honestly, the players, and it sounds like everyone... The players made the weekend stress-free too. Yeah, the players Shout did a great job as well. I mean, everyone was just firing on all cylinders and i think the team wants to come back the same team all of them told me they would love to come back next year which is great because now they'll know the courses and stuff like that mm-hmm. too uh and we were also able to raise five thousand dollars for the palm beth foundation through uh some one was like an option when you signed up we had a raffle we had a glow event um we did some sales with donations going towards them uh it was it was great so it was a great event um we also had uh it was a pretty exciting event on well, the MPO side, Paul ran away with it. Yeah. Probably could have seen that coming. Shocker. He also blew my prediction of 15 under out of the water. I mean, he I had 20 under as my winner. Yeah, he so. went 6 down, 8 down, 10 down, so 24 under. Um, but on the FPO and MP40 side over at Independence, they both went into playoffs. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty electric finish. Yeah. Uh, I believe we had Natalie Ryan taking down Ellen Widboom, and then we had Eric Vandenberg taking down Bob Cannon in the MP40. Which the MP40 field was a little stacked. It had it Schwebby in it stacked. and uh, a bunch of like local legends in it. Uh, it was a great event. I was super excited about it. Uh, the only other thing I saw questions about were people were asking like the $10,000 added cash. Mm-hmm. Some people were confused. For some reason, some people were thinking that the Paul Macbeth Foundation sponsored the event. Um, which I just wanted to clear up because like that would be really weird if like a no, charity be pretty counterproductive as a charity. Yeah, if like a charity <laughs> sponsored the event, and then they were like, "Hey, we sent them ten thousand, but they raised five thousand for us." So I wanted to clear that up. We had a title sponsor in Blue Chip Technologies, uh, super super um, supportive company. They they do a ton for us and with us, and we're super excited to have them on board. We also had Destination Bedford, which is like the local tourism. They were like uh, our like a gold level sponsor, and then so was Foundation, our actual company. We matched like that level sponsorship and between the three those three companies we were able to get the ten thousand added um which is where all that came from so the five thousand that was raised for the palm best foundation had nothing to do with added cash uh i don't know where those rumors started but i figured what better spot to squash them out and the final thing i wanted to say about the battle for bedford is i was just super stoked to see the like smile and like rewarding feeling on the bedford parks and recs faces because they put so much time and effort into these courses Mm -hmm. and uh the whole crew was out there on hole five at New London. They set up like a tailgating spot and got to just like basically watch people, you know, enjoy all the labor they put in over the yeah. past several I months. It was so, so much fun. I really, I really hope that the at least New London is able to get a big event in the next few years because like there's no better parks department to handle it. No, yeah, it. They, they deserve it too, to be able to see yeah. the fruits of their labor pay off like that. And I mean we had support from the local community from the top down. Like we had so many people who were like high up in the chamber of commerce, the department of tourism, the economic development and the like actual heads of parks and rec. I saw each of them out there at new London on different times of days, different days. And they were just so ecstatic about the event being there and already ready to start planning for next year. So uh bow for Bedford circle that date on the calendar. When it comes back up, you're not going to want to miss it next year. It was definitely a great, great time. Uh, we're going to head into a brand new segment that I'm pretty excited about. I think we're going to start doing this uh, maybe not every week, but probably pretty regularly. Yeah. Uh, this is our Doink of the Week. So basically, 
something that looks like it could go good doesn't go good. Uh, we, we thought about calling it clinked putt of the week. I think doink of the week means the same thing yeah. and just sounds a little more catchy. So the doink of the week, we each have one and then we're going to put them on Twitter for you all to vote. What was the doink of the week this past week? So I guess I'll start with mine. Go for it. Yeah. Um, so it hurts me to say what I'm about to say for my doink of the week. Does it? Because the intention behind it and what they were going for, I really loved. And the, the, the general idea behind it, I really enjoyed. Just the execution just made it a little off for me. It's the Discmania commercial they recently put out. Good idea. Just awkward and slight cringe execution in my part, I think. Very much so. Uh, they basically tried calling out the Alpaca and the Omega, which are two putters that are P2-ish. Um, and then saying like, you know, the Alpaca's uh, excellent animal, blah, 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 blah. They didn't even say excellent animal. They said like the they they basically talked up the alpaca and the omega, but talking it's, about an actual animal. The alpaca is a beautiful creature. Yeah, it was UC the, like the whispering. whispering was what hurt. Yeah, me. I uh, think really the problem was just UC whispering into the microphone for about no two because minutes. the dialogue was confusing. Here's the thing: yeah. I, it is very hard. Like the National Geographic whisper commentary has been done in comedy parodied so many times at this point that you could probably take the funniest human alive and have him do it. <laughs> To something, and I still might not laugh because it's been done so many times. So I can tell you right now that UC is not going to make me laugh with that. Well, with that bit, it's. Been I don't done even think it times. was. For me, the goal of the commercial wasn't even necessarily to make it laugh. It was just. No, I think that thinking. I think the commercial would have went much better if it would have actually been like you know the alpaca is a great animal, and the omega is a great vitamin. I would have rather, but the P two is the only putter that you should consider. Like that would have been much more like oh I get what he's going for, but like there's other things of like people who haven't been in the game that long, they might have never heard of the Omega yeah. or like the Alpaca. I had to look up what the Alpaca was to even find out that it was a, that? Uh, close to a P2 Here's what you, putter. how you could have saved that and commercial. I mean, like, you start out with the whole whisper thing. You start out with the whisper angle and then he changes it into a lab coat, pulls out the Omega and he's like a doctor from like yeah, one of those yeah, doctor yeah. prescription commercials, nine out of 10 doctors type of guy. He should. And then he know. just goes into the P2 as a whole. Like you don't, the whisper thing was too long. Well, I think the, I think what kind of just made it like fall for me and why I ended up picking as my dunk of the week was it was very easy to look at like, okay, why is UC talking about an animal? Okay. Now he's talking about a vitamin. Okay. Now it's like, there were three separate things. Whereas when he started talking about the P2, the wording could have been different to be like, make it very clear. Like, Oh, they're coming after these two. Like if you would have been like, you know, like I said, like the alpaca is a great animal. The Omega is a great vitamin, but realistically the P2 is the only putter you should be considering. Like if it would have been something like that, where it's pretty clear, like he's referencing two other putters. Yeah. That's what it was. It just, just didn't, not, it just was didn't, not clear. It didn't tie it all together. So like I watched it the first time and I was like, what the frick did I just watch? And then I watched it a second time and I was like, oh, okay, I get what they're going for. But for me, it was just a doink. You almost have to, mm-hmm. if you're going for a, the subtle jab, you almost have to be more subtle than that. Like, if you want to make a, a that commercial... Was, yeah, because that was like a subtle jab, but, but in then, a very obvious way. Right, because you just kept dragging it on. It's almost like if there was an alpaca in the background of that commercial is like almost like a little subtle Easter egg jab. That's kind of funny. Or if like he's going to puns, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, get this alpaca out of our way. Yeah. And then right, makes the pun. Right, right. Yeah. Also, if you haven't seen this commercial, you can go to the Dismania Facebook and find it. Yeah. But I will say it is a successful commercial because a lot of people have talked about it, including us. We just gave the P2 like 10 minutes of free airtime. So if you look at it that way, 
Maybe it wasn't a doink. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I just proved myself wrong. Know, but that's my doink of the week. It was like a doink where it land, like it, there's OB all around the basket and it lands like on edge, like it's about to roll away and then it just stops. So, yeah. So like saved from disaster. Doink, but like maybe maybe it's still. And it was like there. An, it was like an eighty footer that you decided to run. So yeah. Doink so was like, like it kind of worked though. Kind of worked though. You know, it'd be yeah. cool if I made it, but, but I hey, didn't. Man, I'm right there. Okay. My do- my doink of the week is week is Hunter's <laughs> doink of the week. <laughs> Is that actually your doink of the week, no, Connor? I was, I was gonna say, okay. come on, Connor. <laughs> you can't, you can't ruin the. You can go next like though, because no. yeah, you go next. Mine's you want me to go segue, next? So you can go next. Okay. Uh, just to let you guys know, the doink of the week doesn't always have to be disc golf related, but this week mine is. Okay. Okay. Just Whoa! <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Connor's boom arm just completely fell off the table. I think that's partially because last night for a debate night. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think it's partially because last night for a debate night. Uh, Silas had the mic in his face and he goes, I don't need this mic, do I? I was like, no. And he just like shoved it out of the way. And I watched it happen. I was like, yeah, that's Silas doesn't do anything with like a small amount of energy. No, Silas, man. If you give him permission to break anything, like I'm pretty sure if you gave him permission to break your car and you just said, Silas, no, it's okay. He'd probably walk up to with a sledgehammer. Yeah, without even like, Like, he wouldn't even question No hesitation, yeah. How's it going over there? You, You okay over there, Connor? I'm almost there. Come on. There you go. Okay. Nice. I also hit this camera and the I think it's fine. It's fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> my doink All right, of the back week. to Connor's doink of the week. All right. Um my <laughs> doink of the week is Is that. it is it what you just did? Yeah, yeah honestly, <laughs> yeah. your doink of the week. Um so the whole point of the doink of the week is is someone tried to do something and then uh kind of failed or fell short. Well, on the podcast, uh I can't remember if it was last week or a couple weeks ago. We talk specifically about how ineffective it is to post really graphic posts on Instagram. <laughs> and about how many more likes and interaction you get if you post an organic picture versus just a graphic. And then we proceeded to post the most intensely produced hey, graphic I've ever seen. But you could say week. it was an experiment. You could. You could say that. Well, let's it see, wasn't. actually. <laughs> because. Oh. Because immediately following that post, I made another post also summarizing the tournament that was an organic picture. One had Paul in it. One did not. And they are at almost the exact same amount of likes. They're they're 10 likes off. Yeah. So if you factor the Paul boost and that it's a day later. That's a good point. Is that a a doink? I do or have to say, though, definitely a, it's, it's a definitely doink for doink. hypocrisy. It definitely, was a doink because my first, when I made a doink the post, for I, here's the thing. I fell into the trap that probably all these disc golfers fall into that we were talking about of someone sent me that graphic. And it looks so cool. I was like, holy frick, this is amazing. Didn't even think about what I was posting. Here's I, the it thing. Is, it's a very cool graphic. I will say, it like, is amazing. I think mostly our argument on the podcast, like somebody commented on Brody's and like literally said that we just went after the podcast and I was about to start typing to defend us and I was like that's just funny like I can't even do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean we But I will no say we it. did kind of say that the whole point really the whole point was not that just they use those graphics it's that you can go to somebody's they Instagram account and it's every single post they've ever made. I yeah. did also appreciate a lot of people probably some of you listening tried to went in to defend us and they're like, "Well, no, they said that for personal people." It is it's a little bit di- a it is a little bit different for personal, but brands shouldn't do it either. I was going to say, but here's the thing is you thought we knew what we were doing. We didn't. We were just hypocrites. No, <laughs> yeah, we, just, we just got no, caught up. No, we all just started drooling over a really cool Yeah, we just we got fell victim. We, we fell, fell victim. Yeah. It's the same it's thing that's been it happening. I can, I can sympathize. Yeah, I can sympathize with the people who are getting those now and making it their whole Instagram timeline yeah. because it just happened to me. I got it and I said, "Oh my gosh, Let's, we're, we're going to be better." I almost went back to back. We're going to be better from now on. Because if I wouldn't have seen those, if I wouldn't have seen those comments, I would have posted a second graphic the next day. 
because that was my plan. <laughs> Plus, he sent me three graphics and they were all six. So I was going to we go like one, two, and then like a week later, I was going to post the third. And I was like, I can't now. <laughs> and so I used an organic picture. And like I said, the organic picture just had me and the TDs. So that's not drawing likes. The graphic was all about Paul. That's drawing likes. And they're and dead they're, on. Yeah, they're tied. By 10 likes. That's pretty impressive. So really, the doink of the week turned into a successful science experiment that wasn't intentional. A wow. So take that. Swish of the week. A swish. So... <laughs> My doink of the week, and this is kind of going to segue into our next topic. Uh, Dismania is kind of in the hot seat here because they're par- this doink goes partially to them, partially to the Pro Tour. My doink of the week is the match play event. Mm. The match play event was, and this isn't even, listen, I didn't even really watch the match play because I was running a tournament, helping run a tournament this weekend. Uh, so I was kind of just paying attention on U disc, and that part of it was fun. <laughs> yeah. So just That's looking a, I, at the scores. I had a great time with the math. Uh, this so weekend. this is not my words. This is the people's words. So don't even don't even start. No, with me. you're a complainer, man. But yeah, uh, the match play was apparently a disaster. Um, at one point, disaster is a strong word. But it wasn't. It wasn't. Keep going. Keep I don't going. know. It, it doink. Like it's not it, my doink. You keep at going. one point, Brody kind of looked at it and saw that like there was really nobody watching. I think there was like three to five thousand people watching on YouTube. Uh, which for like a unique kind of fun event, like I would want to be watching it. I would think if I wasn't busy. Uh, so he kind of tweeted out like, Hey, why aren't people watching the match play? And this wasn't even like, this is once again, Brody was playing a tournament. It's not even like he knew what was going on. No, he hadn't watched it either. He was was just just kind of, he was just like, why are people watching? And so people were entering into the thread and I totally could have predicted a lot of this. Now, the first thing we already knew about, and that's that they decided to play 12 holes. For what reason, I don't even know. Someone was trying to defend it, but I don't remember what their no, point was. there is no defense. On match play, you need match play to go 18 holes, so there are I think they're saying it's so someone could win through seven. That's, that doesn't, that's stupid, though. You need, to, you need to have time for somebody to make a comeback. That's the whole point of having 18 holes. Like you shorten it, then all of a sudden someone get hot for a few holes and they have a choke hole in the match. That's not how it should work. You need to have enough time. Number two, they decided to play at a golf course. Why? Like, why would you do that? We are, we are tired of golf courses. I feel like that's been a pretty consistent commentary on the pro tour this year is too many golf courses. And you, apparently the layout, once again, this is kind of the people's words, but apparently the layout was as boring as ever. I mean, I watched Eagle throw a 700 foot drive. He Eagle basically took everything that is the problem with some of the golf course layouts all into one hole and threw a 700 foot drive on a par four and parked it and made Eagle. Like that was, that's like everything we've talked about. It was one of the sickest shots. It was shots amazing. It was very cool. It, was, it, was it very should not be, it shouldn't be a thing. I don't, I don't know. That's not the point. That wasn't the point, but yeah, it was another a issue <laughs> that I heard. And this one I could have predicted is that the pro tour was basically I think what happened was they were at first just butchering match play terminology, saying things like a point when that's not a thing. You don't win a point. You win the hole. They were saying things like it's now five to four. So so so-and-so is up one. Mistakes that I would have made if I was the commentator. Here's the real problem. Even though if you were just, it's like if you just heard we're playing match play and somebody explained it to you and then you started commentating commentating that day, you might make those mistakes. But you knew this was happening and there are like literally less than 10 terms in match play that you need to learn. If you were a commentator and that is your job, just read them over before you commentate on a match play event. Because then I guess what it sounded like is they may have going into the second day, 
heard that feedback and like learned it a little bit and then they apparently just spoon fed it to the audience over and over again like explaining to it every five minutes how match play works but it's a very simple concept you either win the hole tie the hole or lose the hole you're either up down or all square it's incredibly simple to grasp so that that whole thing was a disaster i mean i loved i loved the brackets that was fun i loved doing a match play advantage each year i would just love it to be run correctly well yeah that's so all i asked for <laughs> the complaints that i saw because again we were in the same boat we didn't get to watch we were in the boat of apparently 95 percent of disc golfers where we were too busy to watch live this weekend yeah um, apparently that yeah that apparently our and, weekend the busiest weekend of our entire year is everybody's weekend every week because that's why they can't watch live <laughs> but so like i understood you know what i'm saying i didn't i didn't watch live hey, this weekend it happens. but it happens. i also I watched the live view disc, so I didn't really, I don't even know if there was post-produced, but I didn't try to go back and watch post-produced no, of the event. But the main things I saw were people saying the course was boring, like you hit on. Yeah. I didn't really see too many people complaining, like you were saying about the wrong use of terminology, but I did see a lot of people complaining about being reminded of the rules every well, five seconds. The, the, I think Brody had mentioned it to me because if you're not somebody who watches match play golf, you, they probably would have gone right over your head. It would have right over my head. And that's that's fine. But like I said, if you're going to use a game, a format, if you're going to use a format that already exists and is established and is simple, not even difficult to understand, then how about we like correct? And, 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 and to you, Disc, as well, um, they had it set up to where it showed e- how many holes each person won. I'm not really going after that because that's fine. That's just a stat. They also said, they did say one up, four and three. They were using the correct things. And yeah, they were just kind of using that as a good way to understand the way that the, the round was going. So I don't have a problem with that. It's just like whenever you're describing it, you don't say, you don't say like Eagle takes a point and now Eagle has three points on the day. That's just not how you The other thing I saw that there's no way around this um, was people were saying once their player lost, like once Ricky lost in the first round, they weren't interested in watching anymore. Uh, that's like, interesting. I thought disc golf was a lot more like broad fandom than that. I don't know. I just saw people saying that. Like, like they're like, well, to be honest with you, once Ricky was out, now, I see, care. I think match play, match play is like kind of like March Madness in the sense that teams I don't care about can be playing, but because it is so high stakes, winner takes all and match play, like it's usually very close because you can't take more than one stroke on it. We can't take more than one hole on a hole. Essentially, you can't get more than one point on a hole unless it pushes and then you know you have multiple yeah apparently available. they were saying push they were saying push as well which is very misleading because that in push is like a term from skins which leads you to believe that points are adding up and then going to be dumped like a jackpot whereas there is no push you just tie the hole and then the next hole is worth just as many holes um i i yeah. will give it to the commentators well the, like you were saying the commentators if you know you're commenting about it, you should do your research. Yes. The mistakes they were making would have been the same mistakes that I would make if you gave me a match play to commentate right now. Like yeah. if you sat it in front yeah. of me. But if you knew and about you it, said, Hunter, commentate match play. months in advance. And, all yes. you, and I, I'm telling you, everything you need to know about terminology can be fit on one page of paper yeah. and just keep it in That's front of you. Like, not, super when it comes easy. to terminology, it's not an excusable thing, but I think that probably a lot of disc golfers day one were in the same mindset as the commentators not, of like, they probably wouldn't even notice it because like that's how I would have thought about match play. It's not the really only the thing, biggest as, problem. As a disc golf fan, the only thing that up to this point we have really seen was skins. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. Well, when I think of like a hole only be worth something, I immediately my mind goes skins. So mm-hmm. I'm immediately thinking push, you know, winning I mean, multiple points, yeah. skins. That's how I would immediately thought of it. The first time we played a match play 
thing in yeah no, for the for the channel i literally was just like everything's it's, just point instead of a skin that's a different that's match it's play just different when like as a production company as yeah. the pro tour network you decide we are running a match play event you are broadcasting match play match play match play just know how it works yeah and don't play 12 holes i don't i could not even fathom why that decision was made it had to be the course but it's like steel that, club normally in it's all it's an entire it's, it's interesting golf course you can make 18 holes but i wonder if they could only shut down part of it maybe because but this then don't play there <laughs> like, yeah, that's the, the only way that's acceptable is if for somehow like the other however many acres of the course got destroyed by weather and the only decision they could make was to use 12 holes of the course or something but i can tell you that's probably not true like yeah disc golf man it was one of those like let's be different moments when it's like no there's no reason for that that's what that's I like think when they, they had to have the a reason behind 12 i just i refuse to accept that they, know, they did they just like randomly closed their eyes were like what if we took six holes off of this? I don't. I, there, there was a reason. I don't know I, what the reason was. I haven't seen published. Maybe they were just trying to shorten it. I maybe that was. Maybe that, it might have been a time constraint thing of getting as many matches in. But there wasn't. That doesn't make really any sense. Either. I don't know, man. I'm trying to defend it. I can't. Why? I'm. Just, I'm playing devil's advocate. It's okay. not fun if we just sit here and. It's fun for me. People are. I was about to say. People are going to hate this segment. <laughs> Because already people hate that. It seems like we just... No, that's stuff. not no. true, though. That's not true because, no. listen, like I said, I didn't really watch this. This was the people's opinion. Yeah. Everybody was tweeting about how it stunk. Gotcha. Yeah, so I wish I, I, wish I could have watched it. Yeah, I'm moving but. with the tide here. I'm not... Listen, I didn't watch this event. I'm just repeating... Were there any, like... Did I want to see if there was any, a like, post-produced... I don't think there was. I think there's a Disc Golf Network event. So I think, like, if I search Disc Golf Match Play... Yeah, no, you're not Did you guys see anybody post any, like, positive things about it? As far as people watching, oh yeah, yeah. It, no. Gatekeeper covered. Gatekeeper was there, so okay. I bet you, if you watch, I haven't watched it, the, but I bet thing. if you watch that, if you consume it, okay. But it looks like they only covered two cards. I don't know what's going on because they have Eagle versus Colton and they have Adam versus Ezra that just posted. Well, yeah, my my whole thing was too like all the complaints that were coming in like completely clicked with me like yep i could have told you that was going to be a complaint like mm-hmm. you know, everything just made so much sense as a complaint that i was like mm. there was also just some complaints here, as far here, as like me, the typical live disc golf issues yeah. that we've been facing all yeah, year well let me sense. at least spin it this way let me at least spin it this way the whole the good news is and the good news for the pro tour because the pro tour typically takes feedback this is this is kind of what's happened with other things before and, and they usually fix it is it's not like it's impossible to run like these mistakes that were made, not knowing the right terminology, only playing 12 holes, playing a course that the fans weren't really a fan of that all easy fixes. Very well, yeah. easy. Well, and I, I bet think you next year, if they run this event, everything that got complained about is going to change. The other the thing that you have that. to remember is this was an exhibition. Yeah, this wasn't yeah. a like, it's true. Wasn't, major it wasn't like a match or, play or major something. that we decided to just chuck in yeah, there. It was, Nobody would something. do that. It wasn't something crazy that. like that. Uh, yeah. but the, um, <laughs> That's the a good other, point. The Pro Tour, the, like, to their credit, if, they just kind of ran this like an experiment exhibition. Yeah, that's what it was. And, and they brought in enough money to make it worth people's while. There was yeah. pretty good payouts, that's I thought. It, it's, it's a little disappointing that there wasn't a lot of fan interest even before the event started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, they're all watching about Bedford. But I th- <laughs> no, I think a big part was the golf course. Um, and not necessarily saying that course itself was a bad course. I didn't get to watch it again, so I can't say that. But I think the fact that we've already seen, like, I think it might be six or seven golf courses this year on Elite Series yeah, events and been... Worlds, and then you have another golf course, it's just like, this uh, is the same story with a different title. Like, match play on a golf course is boring. I think match it just play... doesn't make any sense why they would do that. 
in my opinion, I think match play is an opportunity for them to take a match play event to a course that doesn't necessarily hold up for a tour event, but is very nostalgic. Can we, yeah. Because match play, it's okay to have something that's super birdie or die. Because the strokes don't matter. Right. It's a, it's a, so I think that this is their chance to go to a course. Well, that, that would almost is, make match play more exciting. Yeah, I think yeah, exactly. I, I think this is the, the pro tour. I think it would be their chance to go take a match play bracket challenge thing like this to a course that is beloved by disc golfers, but it's kind of gotten shunned off the tours because it doesn't quite hold up to a four or three day, um, take it to Memorial, like full tournament. Right. Like a Memorial or like a, I, I think this should be like a, or like La Mirada. That's what I was going to say. Really did skins there. It was very entertaining. Yeah. So yeah, I, something I, where you're going to get clicks cause of the course, right. not lose clicks before it starts because of the course. I think there's yeah. opportunity there. But that's what I'm saying is it's also, since it's an exhibition match, I feel like there's a lot more room for mistakes like this. Yeah. Like it's I would, the end of the world. if I would have watched this event, I'd be a lot less upset that's about the, some of these mistakes happening because like this is free golf. This is just bonus content. Right, right, I'm right. not, this isn't me trying to watch worlds and stuff like this is happening. Right. This like, isn't me trying to watch a elite series. We're this giving, is just we're giving criticism, but it's not the end of the world and they'll probably fix it next year. So I like that. They you know just did funny? a match play event. I love, you know, it would have been funny. Uh, I, I know this didn't happen, what? but if like people knew that we couldn't watch it because of the battle for Bedford and so they just like sure fed us fierce. fake crap. They're just like, man, dude, I can't believe Terry called Calvin Heinberg that on hole three. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, like, not even related to the score, just like stuff you had to watch to yeah, know. Yeah, like stuff you had to, so to watch funny. to know. Just That's like, really oh my funny. gosh, Heinberg just like fell on his face on the third tee. Yeah, like no, so no wonder Ricky didn't make it out of the first round. He broke his elbow. And like, oh my gosh, going lefty right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he came out just throwing 360s lefty the whole round. He hasn't took it as serious once. Like, nah, dip. And we're just like, yeah, it was crazy Ricky throwing lefty like that. <laughs> <laughs> yikes that's a dangerous game that is a dangerous game the dangerous game we wouldn't play if it was something like that you i would look up a video there'd not be a clip yeah a clip yeah, didn't if happen. something crazy that ha- happened i would look up a video but so we should be talking about who actually won yeah the I was saying, we got to go into this because i mean it actually shook up pretty interesting did it calvin took it down oh Where, yeah my I guess bracket for hunter it wasn't that surprising i predicted both winners i had calvin making it to the finals facing off against eagle winning i had page making it i don't think i had the right final i think i had page versus cat and it was page versus missy right yeah and page one we'll i still had page win so i'm in the clear of the t-shirt bet it was pretty close between you and brody it wasn't I believe. that close it doesn't matter how close it was. Actually, no, it wasn't close because Brody's Brody total lost. points between the MPO and FPO bracket. Brody's bracket was Trevor but here's beat the thing. with just the MPO bracket. Here's the thing. <laughs> so it wasn't being close. The, being the worst bracket just means if things would have turned out, you know, upset heavy, he would have had the best bracket. So like, I'd rather be, I think I'd rather be the coldest bracket than the lukewarm one. But in this case, I'm still not wearing the stupid t-shirt. I'm just happy to be the hot bracket. <laughs> yeah, so Brody's going to so, have to, I guess we'll do it on debate night. I don't know exactly when we'll do it or how we'll do it, but probably next week. Brody will have to wear. Uh, Brody said it has to be a polo. Why? Why? Oh, for debate night. Okay, we'll put him on the Bogey Bro banner. Bogey Bro banner. <laughs> that way it can be a T-shirt, so we don't have to spend fifty yeah, bucks on a bet. Uh, <laughs> well, we could just get it done. It like play it again. Uh, maybe it'd be even funnier if it was just like a really badly done. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Brody's gonna have to wear some type of embarrassing shirt for the duration of some type of show or podcast. So it's happening. That's gonna happen. The other thing I just made a quick note is. Uh, one thing, other thing I made a quick note is your Discmania conspiracy theory kind of got busted because Eagle didn't win. What was my conspiracy theory? That Discmania set up this entire match play event oh, on the course just so Eagle that Eagle win. would win. I don't really, th- I think that what I said about that was coming true. I mean, we like I said, we watched him 
park a 400 or 700 foot par four. I think it's just Eagles fault. They didn't play well. Conspiracy enough. theory busted, but I'm, <laughs> I suppose so. On they to the next one. They didn't rig it hard enough. They didn't like shoot Calvin with a bow and arrow. <laughs> like on the, <laughs> so like they could, I could, I guess they could have tried harder. They could have just paid Calvin off. Just like, Maybe. Hey, you yeah, know what? I'll give right. you the first place. Calvin cash, doesn't throw, throw dude. The event. Calvin. Now Calvin, Calvin just looked the, at him like this. And he'd be like, Calvin's in it for the prestige, man. Yeah. He'd been like, mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> what the heck was that? Is that your Calvin impression? It definitely isn't practiced, but he has. I was going to say that was awful. <laughs> that was not even close. What's yours then? I, I would never, I would never come after Calvin with an impression that's not going to do him justice. I can't do that. Justice. Who's justice? Yeah, man. On to the next thing. All right. Well, it's time for the fan favorite segment. <laughs> Trevor's trivia, today, man. Let's see what you got for me. You told me yesterday. Like whenever you start, whenever you come after me right before trivia, it makes me <laughs> want to change the question to just what six thousand two hundred eighty-six divided by four hundred twenty-seven. That's like the past, like, stupid. The past <laughs> multiple weeks, it's been like you guys have gotten in a little bit of a spat before Trevor's trivia. So you're like, I know. Fan favorite, fa- fan favorite section, Trevor, Trevor's stupid, trivia. Stupid <laughs> segment of Trevor's stupid and trivia. And yeah, Trevor's like, oh, you're really going to like this week. <laughs> <laughs> it, it breaks the tension. That's okay. I actually have a pretty good question. Someone commented on last week's podcast and said the chemistry was palpable through the screen. It is palpable, Pal- through palpable. The screen. <laughs> Please use like heavy out adjectives like that. That like comments that use like really funny and un like underappreciated adjectives. Like palpable. Like palpable, <laughs> for example. Like those are the ones that make me laugh. Palpable. So there you have it. Like one I saw a comment the other day about like some guy walking up the basketball court. It was like this clip of um Damian Lillard in high school. And he struts up the basketball court and hits this game winner from like practically half court. And the way he walks up the court, somebody described it as nefarious. And that was, that made me laugh for like five minutes straight. He said he had nefarious intentions. And then somebody threw in another word that I can't even pronounce. Very funny thread. I'll show you later. Anyways. <laughs> so basically, if you use big words, Trevor, you'll get a Big words level. for like situations that don't necessarily deserve them. Very funny. Okay. No- noted. Here is the trivia. So... Let's pretend we we exist in an alternate universe where Paul... That's preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> See, that? that's funny. Okay. Paul and Ricky were never born in this universe. Okay. okay. Yep. So let's let's replay the stretch from 2012. When so Paul's this isn't actually one. trivia. This is just going to be... Well, it is kind of trivia because you're going to have to know runner-ups. Oh, well, I'm going to know third place stuff. Exactly. Okay. So... Uh, it's the stretch from 2012 to present. So this counts this past world title that obviously James Cromrad won. Who has the most world titles if Paul and Ricky did not exist? The most? And and how many? Holy, oh my gosh. If Paul and Ricky, so if who came in third the most to Paul and Ricky? Or second, I get it. If Paul and Ricky weren't one, two, or and this also counts the years that Paul and Ricky, the what two years that Paul and Ricky didn't win, Barsby, Barsby and, Conrad. and Conrad, yeah. yeah. This I found this to be a fascinating. I thought this was going to be not that exciting, and then I started looking at it, and I was like, oh, this is actually very interesting. Who came in third a lot? I'm trying to think who's on lead card at Worlds. Yeah, a lot. I mean, 2012. I think the runner-up was Anton, for some reason. That could be wrong. <laughs> okay, that is wrong. So 2012, I want to just look this up because now I'm just so curious. Because I'm just trying to think through like which years is it the same person on lead card? And then who is that person? I'm going to just say since you worded it like that, I'm going to just say Greg Barsby. 
Nope. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was, but I have no idea. I, so I, I, I I'll get no there, clue. There are two people, both who would have. Other two. one that I would say would be Will Shustrick. That's one of them. Okay, because his prime was like 20 to 2014. 12 Will, Will Shustrick would have won 2012 and 2015. Oh, Shustrick was 12. Okay. Um, and then the other one would have been James Conrad. Interesting. So what was his? What, when James was Conrad, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, people, but I believe it was 2019 was when he, it was 2018 or 19, he came in third behind Paul and Paul. And, uh, well, it had to be 19 because 18 would have been Barsby. Yeah. As the other one. So, so I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was 19. I do want to look up 2012 Pro Worlds. I, believe, I think this field is going to be fascinating. That lead card, I believe, was Paul, Ricky, Schustrick, and Michael Johansson coming down the stretch, the final nine. So why did I think that Anton did so good in 2012 Worlds? I don't know. Dave Feldberg, in, an, in this also in this universe, Dave Feldberg would have had a title. Nico Castro would have had a title. We had had Feld, well, Feldberg does have a title. Thank you. Okay, I'm talking about during this thank stretch. Thank you. During this stretch. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> But there would have been like a fascinating lineup of champions that we just got Paul, 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 Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> so thanks a lot, guys. Okay, Anton wasn't even in the field in 2012. Sick. So now I got to even mm. go. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to even go farther back in the timeline and see what worlds I'm thinking of. Oh, nine. Did he, he beat? He lost to Jenkins in a playoff in 09. That must be it. Avery Jenkins absolutely stole world title. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely swindled it. Swindled. Yeah, he came second. It was in nefariously a- preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> he came second in 09, 2010. Dang. And 2011. Okay, so I was just a year off. Triple runner up. Brutal. And then 12 in 2008. So 9, 10, 11, Anton went 2, 2, 2. So, okay, I was, my that mind hurts. was just a little bit off time frame. Time frame. Time prime. Time prime. While I was pulling something up, research. Beep, 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 <laughs> you gotta be beep, careful beep, beep, with beep. that stuff, man. Connor's gonna clip you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for another new segment. I told you you're gonna have lots. Oh of my gosh, I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> it's time for the Prize Picks Breakdown, sponsored by PrizePicks.com. They are the first and only daily fantasy site to offer disc golf. The game's simple: you pick an over or an under on player stats to win. A multiple of your entry fee right now they have strokes up for disc golf but they're also looking at possibly adding birdies finishing place and they're also looking to add fpo some of those might be coming as early as the end of this week so exciting um, so that's super exciting you uh, how you play is you must combine at least two players to make an entry the more players in the entry the higher the payout will be uh, when you go onto their site if you're willing to if you're wanting to play with them uh, don't forget to use code grip it'll get you new users a hundred percent first deposit match up to a hundred bucks so basically if you deposit 20 bucks and use code grip you get an instant $20 bonus you're winning before you even start uh, but let's get into yeah we're gonna be breaking down kind of what we're looking at um, we're each gonna be picking three of our just like these are the three that we're gonna be just following uh, these are our picks you can also do flex play or power play right um, so let's just explain how this works really quick yes we have three players that we'll we're start picking. off start off with how so to start the players like the way they they do all of their uh kind of like your, your picks that you can make on their site is it's all over under. That's how they do it right now for, for any sport that you do. But for disc golf, it's over under strokes. So they basically selected a bunch of different golfers and you can pick um, 
either they'll put it put it at a certain number of strokes that they're predicting that person for that round to shoot in the tournament and then you can say i think they're going to go under that so in that case it'd be better or i think they're going to go over i think it'd be worse and you can do a certain amount of picks that's how that works and then you can explain so for us since we're using three players if we hit the flex play and we get all three correct we'll be paying 2.25 times two correct pits picks is 1.25 or if you're feeling if you're feeling it, you feeling can go perfect. to the power play. Yeah, which you have to hit all three. Yeah, in order no for no leeway to, in the power play. In order for it to work, but if you hit all three, then you're getting paid five x. Yeah. So what we're going to be doing is we're basically keeping track. Like we're putting one unit on these three picks. You can choose if you're going flex play or power play, and then we're going to keep track of how it pays out. So basically. Uh, if I chose flex play and all three of mine hit, then I have 2.25 for this multiplier will be the points. Yeah. And then if I went power play, if I was really feeling it, then I'd have five for this week. So that's essentially how we're going to be kind of handling this. We'll go over some of the, uh, other lines that we aren't, um, using within this segment. But first off, let's just look at Brody picked his during debate night last night. So let's go ahead. This will kind of give you a good gist of the segment as well. While, uh, also kind of informing you because Brody's going to be a part of this segment. Um, so Brody's three, he picked the Kevin Jones 50.5. Brody really liked the, the half lines. Cause that means he, Kevin's just got to get to 50. Yeah. Um, or 51, whatever. So he picked the Kevin Jones 50.5 over the yeah. Nico LaCastro 51 and a half over and the James Conrad 51 under for a flex play. Absolutely shocking. James Conrad. I, I agree. When he said it, I was like shocking. James, Conrad. I was actually looking at the James Conrad over this course. Is what I was to looking me, at. It smells like you're going to need a forehand. That's just what it's, that's what it's feeling. Like. I, that's what it was. I feeling like the Kevin too. Jones pick because he's got, well, I don't, the Kevin Jones pick is interesting though, because he does have that sneaky grenade throw. He has the he potential might go over top of every single wood line. But and go under that, but that's it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. And he went flex play, he went flex yeah. play. So, what I'm thinking is, uh, we're both gonna just give our three picks, explain if we're going flex play or power play and why, and then highlight a few other lines that we find interesting but weren't quite interesting enough to slide into our three picks for this week, right? Okay. So, uh, I guess I'll go first. Okay, do we want to go one pick, one pick, and like make people wait or just reveal all three picks? Go, just go for your three. all three, go your line. All right, so my first one people who listen to debate and I won't be surprised by this. I got the Chris Dickerson under line mm. set at 50. Like I said on debate night, he's been waiting all year for this tender Tennessee disc golf, and he's here now, and it's time. <laughs> it's a good pick, tender Tennessee. He's gonna disc come golf. off with uh, honestly, I'm thinking he's shooting a 48 round one. So that's why I'm like going with the under on Chris Dickerson. My second one is the Ezra Aderhold 52 and a half over. He struggled at this event last year. was only on this first course that they're playing. Mm -hmm. The 52 and a half, I don't like going against him, but at the same, like he's a player who could hit the under, but (laughs) anyone could hit the under, but I just, I feel like this is not going to play to his strong suit. So I got the Ezra over and this third one might surprise you. I got the Paul Macbeth 49 over oh man that's a bad pick i got the paul Macbeth over would not bet against one reason one reason (laughs) only i think the course is already in his head Ooh! so i think he's coming out to this course with i like it a little more now he's already got any comment the other the secondary thing is i watched him at new london yeah he was looking dangerous very dangerous dangerous but but he switched up his putting for the first time drastically that i've seen since 2015 yeah and i didn't like the way it looked he, he was, I like the way it looked when it went in the basket. He was nailing putts. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't like the way it looked, and it made me feel uneasy. Okay. And so I just, I'm feeling uneasy. Playing? I'm you're feeling, f- I'm flex playing this. So okay. I got the Paul Macbeth over, the Chris Dickerson under, and the Ezra Aderhold over. Locked in. 
So here's I'm the feeling, thing. I'm feeling pretty good about those three. Not good enough to go power play, but good enough to go flex. I, after hearing that both Brody and Hunter were going flex play this morning, I was like, oh, then I need to go flex play. But then I remembered, I did already screenshot that I was power playing it. So I'm going to stick with it. Once you screenshot, it's locked in. It's locked in. It's locked in. It's only fair. And I didn't know that making my pick. So I'm power playing. And here's my power play. I've got Gary Gerthy, 52, over. Mm. Ezra Aderhold, 52 and a half, over. Nico LoCastro, 51 and a half, over. Oh, so you're just betting against the field. Here's the thing. I'm so confident these guys aren't going to do it that I'm power playing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. (laughs) I think I looked at the scores from last year. I know the course is playing ever so slightly different according to the scorecards, but I don't think it's going to be that drastically different. Maybe a stroke or two. All three of these guys had their struggles on this course last year, especially I, I think it's going to be tough to get all three because just the potential of somebody getting hot. But what I basically did was I picked against, I picked against the worst putters in the field. I don't think that's a bad choice because I think think putting makes sense. I think to score, you're going to have a lot of 35 to 40 footers because you're going to get weird tree kicks on this course and just kind of have some kind of constricted putts. And I think that I just, I can pick against the worst three putters and you know what? Prove me wrong. But I, I really looked at this long and hard, and I thought to myself, I like the over a lot, which is so funny because, like, in other sports, they always say, you know, root for the over because you root for points. And it's kind of different in golf because I'm, like, rooting for strokes, which is, like, a negative thing. But I'm still hammering the over. So riding with it. I'm riding with the over. And I don't know. I, it just, like, I just, like, I like the over for almost everybody in the field. And so I was like, well, then in that case, let me just take the three most probable overs and that's what i did and that's fair that's fair uh i do want to highlight a few other that i think could be a little bit of a sleeper sneaky picks here okay uh one is one i highlighted last night which was the emerson keith 52 that under. is very dangerous yeah it is very dangerous because if you look at last year last year he came out with a 56 yeah but then he proceeded to go 51 51 yeah he could so absolutely go that, that one the the, the line or the 52 is just just tempting but not tempting enough for me to slide them into my actual three but i did did want to highlight that as one of them yeah. another one that is very tempting is they had big germ at i believe it was 52 51 and a half 51 and a half 51 and a half yeah no he was he was the He's, highest predicted in the field so it had to be 52 and a half because emerson's right here let me check pull it up regardless em, uh jeremy colin i think is another interesting one i it could go either way I would lean more towards the under just because he's one of those guys who wooded golf, sneaky forehand. He could just pop off one of these days. And if you're feeling it, you think this is his event, then you might want to lean towards that. You know what's funny is my, um, one of my, the unders, I liked the under for uh, Dickerson as well. Oh, Brody just said 52 and a half. It is 52 and a half. Yeah, okay, that's what yeah. I thought. But Brody, um, yeah, or I was saying um, the other under that I liked was Paul under. You liked Paul under? I like Paul 49 under. So is this average for all the rounds? No, no this, this is just round one. Just round so one. opening okay. round, round one. And these are live. Okay, that changes I'm the way thinking, I look at it All I'm bit. thinking is I, I hope Paul proves me wrong. But what I'm looking at it, when I was looking <laughs> at this line. i man. I'm going to make sure that I tweeted him because I, I need that motivation. Well, when head. I was looking at it, I'm looking at the 49 that's a tough score to get to really tough score. Only one player beat it last year with a 48. Yeah. So almost a hot round of the whole event. Someone's going to shoot it. could be Paul, but I just, I don't know. He's already I, complained about the so course. I, I already think he's not Ricky feeling it over. I think that so if, the Ricky is actually a pick that was just too close for me. 
Okay. Because the Ricky 49 is like, and it's similar for Paul. If I didn't have the outside factors of the course he's already been talking about, which we'll get yeah. to that in a second, and like stuff like that, where I'm like, he already has these excuses that yeah. like he could, not that he's going to fall back on them, but he could. So like if he starts like clanking a few putts or whatever in the first few holes, and it's like, he's Another even thing, through three or four. These, Might throw uh, him off his thing. these picks, if you guys, because you guys are listening to this podcast, can they change? I know they can change after the round, but can they change before the I, round too? I think they can because I so think I believe, one of them updated before I even right. So I, it I believe these uh, all these over unders are continuously live. So based on how picks are coming in, um, they can change. So these might you're gonna have to look at the numbers because maybe might, might adjusted. Yeah, they may have adjusted, and there may be something that we got in early on that now they're they they decide to change, or there may be something that changed and you think is in your favor. Yeah, like they're, and they're also going to be updating after each round, and after each round they'll update as well. So we'll have some more information to go off of, but it'll probably it'll most likely get way more difficult after the first round. Yeah, because they're gonna there's gonna be data to go off of. So. It's going to be yeah, interesting. I'm, the, I'm very excited to see what The final out. one was that, like, I think was kind of a... I almost slid this in as my freaky pick was the Ricky Ricky 49, but over or under, I couldn't decide which way. I would way. take over. Because, I mean, that I think the 49 is so close to what Ricky will actually shoot that, like, so. it could be the... It's a similar mm-hmm. thing with Paul. It could be the 50, could be the 48. Could be just one stroke off. I'm, yeah, so I'm not sliding that in there. But yeah, so I'm, lo- I'm locking it in with the Paul over, imagine, the Chris under, and the Ezra over. Imagine there was like an extra multiplier play if you just took people right on the dot, like what they're... Oh, like you're saying like... If it wasn't... I mean, there's sometimes it's half points. The way I kind of feel about like, now that I know it's just off the first round, for Paul, I don't really know how he would do first round, but I think, you, uh, I think he'd be more likely to go under in his final round. Right, because I feel like that's court. very Paul. The problem is he's going to go into the court, into the tournament like meh, and then he's just going to destroy last round if he's going to win. Yeah. Well, and well, I guess we'll just have to see if his, because you're right. If I will say if Paul's, it kind of depends on his position though, because sometimes he gets over aggressive in the last round. That's true. I would say if Paul's over under softens a bit after the first round, let's say he fires a first round 53 and they bump his up to like 50. I'm destroying the under. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. There's stuff. There's. It's gonna be more interesting to find to see the trends um, after we've already you know seen a round. But I think the opening lines are definitely very fascinating. Yeah, and again, uh, if you want to get in on this action and see what we're seeing, even if you just want to like go look at the lines, head over to PrizePicks.com and don't forget to use code GRIP. That'll get you a hundred percent first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. So again, that's code GRIP over at PrizePicks.com. Thank you so much for your support of this episode and bringing all of us a new segment that I think is super exciting and gives us quite a lot to talk about. Um, but let's roll, keep rolling with Music City Open because um, that doesn't change the predictions. The over-under no. is obviously not replacing no, no. our predictions. So before we get into predictions, though, we do need to talk about a little bit what's been going on before this event. Um, yeah. the Paul tweeted out and basically said, like, hey, PDGA, are you serious about this? Like, is this a joke? And then put hashtag MCO so people knew it was, like, about Music City, but super vague about it. Let's, a lot of people were confused. We start off as saying we did not on. know that that tweet was coming. No, <laughs> we had no surprise, idea. Surprise, yeah. We, uh, he did, however, like, afterwards... FaceTime us to show us kind of what he was talking about. And essentially the biggest issue was like, he showed up to the park. It was hard to find where hole one's T was. Once he did find it, uh, there was no like, like there was the course signage is like a normal T sign, but there was no like course signage. Like, Hey, I'm about to play the national tour finale in two days. 
here are feather banners and like stuff directing me and like making it pretty obvious that there's about to be a national tour finale here in a few days. Um, so, and the other thing, some people thought that he was getting upset about the one course being closed. Yeah. I mean, is that upsetting? Sure. But that's not something that anyone can control because the rain just made the course flood. I think it's important to to clarify that a lot of the volunteers and staff, uh, that got the course ready were really upset about this because they, they figured that was kind of the only information that people knew was just so that they just assumed that that's what Paul was really upset about. Um, whereas mostly what he was upset about was two things. Uh, and part of this they might not like, but it's kind of true as well. Number one, the lack of signage and, you know, things gotten done by the PDGA to make the course look nice and presentable and also direct players around. That was part of it. And number two, and probably the bigger point that we think we can agree with, I don't think this course should be selected for a national tour. No, it just doesn't seem like a top level course. It looks like a weekly. I have where a weekly league would meet. I have the course stats here. The one other thing that he brought up was he also said that like all the trash cans were overflowing. One of them he said was with dirty diapers. I don't know how the heck, what that even meant and how that happened. I don't know if there's just a dirty diaper on top and Paul's like, dude, there's dirty diapers falling out of this trash can. Or if like someone literally just dumped a year's supply of diapers in a trash can. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not there. Um, but five holes under 300 feet. But I'll also say one final thing before we get into like looking at this exact course stat, because I do want to make this very clear is what the local scene was responsible for, which is like keeping the course like up the mowing, getting branches out of the fairway, stuff like that course from that aspect looked great like the actual another thing visible of the course was great it was more so directed at the pdga for like screening which courses they're bringing the national tour finale to and not having like signs and stuff up two days before the event another important thing to remember just because we're going to talk about this course in reference to why it shouldn't be on the national tour it doesn't have to do with how fun the course is or how my, a lot of my favorite courses, Hunter's too, Brody's too. Everybody here loves courses that we would never suggest for the national tour. We love them because they're fun. This course is probably very fun. It's clearly very beloved, but the national tour, there's a certain, well, I mean, I don't know what the elite name. series, I would elite, an elite series, series event. Yeah. There's an elite series event. There needs to be a certain standard that these courses are upheld to. And it can't just be, well, this is a nostalgic and beloved course. It needs to be a course that is capable of, Having challenging a competitive, yeah, you need to challenge. And like, I looking at the scorecard here, there are five holes, pretty much six holes, because one of them is three hundred seven feet, but less than three hundred feet. We've got a hole that is two hundred and four feet. You know, I don't know if there's any situation where a two hundred and four feet should. Oh. Well, I mean, there's some where like there's like water and a it elevated had basket. Very, it had to be very particular. But in my in like, my, Idaho might have like a two hundred foot hole. Like, is what hole eleven or something. If it's yeah. kind of snuck into a really hard course, it can throw people off their game. Uh, a lot you know of the I mean? a lot of the par fours. Oh, Brody said hole two at Worlds is also that short. Okay, um, no par fives. There's there's a few par fours. It's tough for me to. I know we saw one of them via FaceTime with Paul, and it looked pretty pretty straightforward and easy. Uh, I mean, hey, and we'll see. I will say, in defense, last year, last year's scores contradicted a lot of what was being said about the course right, this year. Right, right. So which maybe confuses me. I think that may possibly have to do with maybe like the uh, De La Viega effect, the De La effect, where it's like, yeah, the court, the holes are short, but they're just like kind of hard to get to, hard to get to, weird angles. That's something we heard that is true. Like there was like a candy cane shaped hole where like the only way to get there is basically chuck it over the top, but that's not the way the fairway intends it to be. And there might be just a lot of like 
baskets in weird spots with trees surrounding them. I don't know. We're just going to see how it plays We're out. We're going to see how it plays. I'm not going to speak on it, but like that's, that's definitely the chatter going on right now. The other chatter going on is, again, this is the national tour finale. Yes. Right? So this, years past, this is like the pinnacle of the national tour. It built up to this moment. This is who decides the winner of the national tour points. Uh, who decides who gets the national tour bonuses. This used to be like the pro tour finale type of event. Like this is Mm -hmm. what the national tour builds to all year is kind of this event. But there's only $10,000 added. Now I say only because it's the national tour finale, $10,000 added at a disc golf event as a lot of money. But when you have events like Ledgestone out there and the pro, the pro tour finale, I think is going to have over six K over six figures added. And then you have the national tour finale, also an elite series, also a point series building on the whole year. And I would imagine there's other national tours that have had more added cash than the national tour finale. Yeah. To call it the finale right now, it's looking like an afterthought. Yeah. Which is very weird because like it's, it's been in planning think, for a long time. It's crazy to think that, um, cause Beaver state fling was supposed to be played as an NT this year, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. So Beaver state fling would have been an example of an NT event played at a really cool course and would have been a really great event. And yet that wouldn't have been the finale, whereas this is. So like there it's just like there's NTs that would overshadow. That's what I'm saying. It's like even the DDO. Right. A great, a great event. But what what makes you wonder though is like the DDO has been a national tour for years to where the like T D and stuff understands how much or maybe it's how little the PDGA is gonna do or not do. Right. Whereas like if I was if I was this is me and I'm running the battle for Bedford and it's gonna become an NT then I'm getting like the courses looking good like nice. they did, but then I'm expecting like I pro tour would for the PDJ to roll in and take <laughs> care of like, we're bringing all of this for the tournament. We're going to get the course yeah. like the that next level involvement ready. in tournaments is sketchy this year and they ought to be shaking in their boots for whenever Paige rolls up to the course. Because yeah, apparently she landed yesterday, this, this morning, this morning, this morning, I believe. So she was the she, other rumor I heard and I have not been able to confirm this. So take this one with a grain of salt. Um, and it might have changed by now because we I did see pictures of it, which are pretty hard to imagine that this is just a rumor. But apparently they're going to be using like one basket for MPO and FPO pen locations. And so they were having like literal marksman basket and like MVP scout basket oh, as the FPO hole location. As like, yeah, for like the weather again, <laughs> again, we're not on the ground. So I do not want to say that. That's why I'm not going to talk about that for a long point. If that is the case, that's also very embarrassing for the national tour because the, basically as the PDJ, you're taking the stance of the MPO is way more important. So we're going to make sure the baskets are there for them to practice. And yeah. FPO, you can practice on these baskets. You're not going to play on brutal. If that's the case, I would imagine the only reason I'm like not 100% positive is Haley King has been on the ground for a while and she is always very vocal about stuff like this. And Paige well, just landed. She's going to be very vocal. I haven't heard about it from any of them and I would be very surprised if they just let something like that slide under the radar. We're going to know if it's the case because they're all going to be 95% C1X putting because they've been putting on marksman backs baskets (laughs) for their practice (laughs) rounds. So they're going to walk up and just be casually drilling putts from everywhere. Like it's easy, but back to the only 10 K added for the national tour finale. Um, the other thing that was kind of interested in about payout is so Haley King posted on her Instagram story and said, is this a joke? Please be a joke. I'm imagining this is referencing just the payout amounts in general, because like if you look at the pro tour finale, like you're playing for, you're playing for five figures. Well, in general, just like, yeah, you're you're playing for a lot of money. Whereas like 
the winner of MPO at the time of her first screenshot was getting 3,875 and the winner of FPO was getting 2,459. But then what got even more interesting because like that I think is more so just like there's no added cash. There's right. very low. So like both of them are at 123% entry fee payout, meaning like the added cash was evenly split up and all of that. But it's just like when you don't have much added cash, it doesn't go far. But then she sent, uh, put another screenshot up and said, what mind blown. And at first I was just like, did she forget she posted about it already? Like what's going on? But then I looked at the numbers and it, things got even weirder because, yeah. so let me just re- remember these numbers. MPO last cash, her first story, $347. MPO winner, first story, 3875 So 347 3875 Her second story, MPO last cash, 286 Mm-hmm. MPO winner, 5,349. So the PDGA did what we've always talked about, right? Of like... They top heavy did. Made it a little more top heavy. Good. Uh, good change, yeah. right? So the MPO winner was now is now... This is as of this morning. I double-checked these numbers. 5,349. And, you know, last cash, 286. But then you look at FPO, right? And FPO, her first story, 15th place, last cash in FPO, $279. FPO winner, $2,459. That's the first one where MPO is getting the 3000 right? Mm-hmm. Then you swipe to the second one where they redistribute the MPO purse and the FPO, they did the opposite. So 15th place, last cash is now getting 334 and first place is now getting $2,434. So they took money away from first place very, on FPO uh, odd. when they added money to first place in MPO, which again, it's just weird because like and the, the take, amount let's be clear they didn't take any money from the fpo no no purse. no they just redistributed it the downward yeah. and redistributed upward in mpo yeah. like the same amount of money is in the event very weird the amount of what people are getting paid out is just not going to be crazy high because like there's just not a crazy amount of added cash mm-hmm. but to see it go like mpo they like tried to make the winner get more money yeah. as we've always talked about it should be but then the fpo they took money from the winner at this and they did the same change and it's like you got to go th- like because i thought maybe they accidentally published it and they weren't done with fpo but then i double checked this morning 12 hours later 13 hours later and it was still the same Very weird. so it seemed like it was like an intentional change yeah. of like fpo let's make sure last cash you know gets bumped up a little bit and mpo let's make sure last cash gets taken down so that the winner can get more yeah very weird, weird. I would love to hear the logic behind that because like if you're going to make the change, just make the change both ways. Why are you making one go down and one go up? Because like if you make the changes where like divisions are being like different things are happening to different divisions, that's always caused way more problems than if you make the same change. Because like some people might like the low, the deeper payout, but then they're going to be upset at MPO and the people who like the upper higher payout are going to be upset at, for FPO. Yeah. And so then like now you're taking off both crowds or if they were both higher, or both like lower, then you're only taking off one crowd. Right. So yeah. now you're just getting everyone upset. It's pretty puzzling. There's a lot of there's a lot of weirdness going on. I will say NCO this right now. I will say this. I am pretty positive this is the last national tour event we ever see. I would agree with that. And I'm also pretty positive that I am pumped to watch this event just to see how it goes. Well, down. my thing <laughs> is like the PDGA because I was saying I was talking about this last night. Some on debate night. Like if I if the battle for Bedford was approached to be a national tour, I would be on the fence. Because yeah. because what I feel like is if something goes wrong, you can even see it. Paul literally said at PDGA, is this a joke? All the attention, everything yeah. gets shoved to the local scene. They yeah, which makes is no always sense. Getting shoved to Whereas the local if Paul would have said at Disc Golf Pro Tour, is this a joke? Everything would have been shoved at the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Yeah. Which is more rightfully so. Right. Because they, they, be. they have such a bigger presence at their events. Yeah. Their name that, is literally everywhere. That like if something isn't met yeah. to the standard. 
And so if, if the, if the pro tour approached about for Bedford and mm. that was gonna be a pro tour event, I'm doing that without hesitation because right. I would believe that I had the support. Yes. Without <laughs> hesitation, Jeff Spring. Uh, I, but I, but it's because I would believe that I had the support and I had people backing me up that like, if something was negatively right. said about the event, I would have the support system that it's not just going to be crapping on me when it might be something out of my control, like in this case. Right. right yeah. And the same thing that could be said about worlds and all this stuff. And the other thing I think we're seeing is like the other thing that should also be said is the courses and everything, like the level they're at, the conditions they're in, meet elite le- elite series level standards. So they meet the PDGA standards that they set. Right. But the issue is the Pro Tour has exceeded those standards for years now. Yeah. To where now the elite series level standard the on a technical is- side, yeah, you might have met it, but the Pro Tour has exceeded it so often and so consistently mm-hmm. that now the public eye and the pro eyes hold you to this standard that's above right. what the what the minimum is. You know what I'm saying? The Pro Tour has raised the bar and yeah. then... It's and just what, it's what competition does. Yeah, when the National Tour is by itself, this, this event flies off. No one even notices right. it. No one bats an eye. And this is what's good for the sport. But once there's competition with another tour, the Pro Tour, then it's who can do it better and the Pro Tour consistently does it better, which then makes you be like, well, why on earth is the National Tour doing it this way? Why on earth isn't this happening? Why which makes it seem like mm-hmm. the National Tour is doing an awful job when realistically, this event five years ago people probably wouldn't even bat an eye. They would just show up and be like, oh yeah, this national tour event. Yeah. But once the pro tour has done it so consistently at the mm-hmm. level they do it at, which is just next level stuff, then the national tour gets held to a level that they probably never meant to be held to. Right. And so I think that it's just kind of a weird mix of like, we're holding the national tour to a pro tour level standard because they try to put themselves in the same tier mm-hmm. and they're not. And so that's why the, the national tour just becomes silver series events. It's time. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about it multiple times, but let's talk about some predictions for this event. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. You are not ready for my predictions for this event. I don't think anyone is. But if I'm right here, Oh, you you alluded to you alluded to who you were going to pick. I'm going to go viral. I know who I'm going to go third to first. I got Ricky coming in third. I know who you're picking to win. Typical. Chris Dickerson. I just yell out coming in second. Chris Dickerson coming in second. And for the winner... Avery Jenkins. I'm just kidding. For the winner, <laughs> I'm taking Nathan Queen. So sneaky what? Nathan Queen. Okay, hear me out here. This is, this is a wooded course, right? Yeah. Lots of woods being played. The other course is a little more open, but we're not going to ignore that because they played... They played two. The, they fir- played the last two, two rounds, the ones that mattered the most, they played the other course. Slightly more open course. Just saying. But it is still wooded. Doesn't matter. I'm taking Nathan Queen because I think he's going to come out the gates. He's going to come out the gates hot. The other thing is I looked at last year's leaderboard. A lot of forehands and lefties were creeping up towards that top Mm, a lot more than normal. So Nathan Queen, lefty, Nathan Queen, lefty, (laughs) North (laughs) Carolina golf player. Better lefty. Clemens is technically the best lefty in the world. Yeah. But Nathan Queen was yelling at me through the board, through my screen. Chris Clemens isn't here. Dang. So okay. I didn't put on my list just to be clear. Just kind of throw. So take that. That's why I didn't take Chris Clemens. Okay. Because I was thinking to myself, you, I'm like, why did I take Chris? Clemens? <laughs> uh, Nathan Queen, North Carolina bred. You know, he knows the golf there. He knows what a golf. You know, Ricky's throwing lefty now. Remember? <laughs> yeah, from that early <laughs> segment. Uh, and it back. seems to just it seems to just work. It seems to be a good lefty course. Could I look like an idiot if he comes out in 50th place? Yeah, but you know, that's yeah. the risk I take sitting no. behind this desk. I'm going to make it hot, into this hot microphone. take, hot take, hot take. <laughs> when I put on this TW's bait and tackle shirt, things get different. No, those picks are not Sponsor me, a please. risk. Those picks are not a risk. Here's why. Because whenever we get wrong picks, like 
nobody really comes after us, but it's only only whenever you pick right. Oh, then, then I end up from, then I end up in a TikTok looking like an idiot because I said your pick was stupid. So well, that's maybe all when that I happens. pick Chris Dickerson on a course he's amazing at, you shouldn't say my pick was stupid and then look like a fool. Or when I pick Calvin Heinberg to win match play, I didn't say. And you're saying Calvin Heinberg's not having a good season. There's no way he beats Eagle at match play. I didn't say any of that. You know, I just didn't think. Maybe going. when you say that Connor just doesn't look good, then that's just mean and hurtful. And so yeah, we all know that's never been said. All very good points were being made right now. Yeah. Okay, well, here's my prediction. It is hurtful. <laughs> here's my prediction. So stop. This is actually an intervention. You need to start treating Connor. You with can't more take respect. the joke any further. Are people going to think I actually bully Connor? <laughs> no, that that's where the joke's going. <laughs> okay, I bully Silas. There's a difference. <laughs> All right, third place, Calvin Heimberg. The irony in this is that you just came after me for saying players sucked, and I'm about to take two of them in my picks. <laughs> Uh, second place, Paul McBeth. First place, Chris Dickerson. There's probably zero chance Chris Dickerson say, loses this event. That's just vanilla picks I've ever seen. Let me just give you... Yeah, oh, I'm so different because I picked somebody who's not going to win to win. Oh, <laughs> clip it. Clip it. I can't wait for the TikTok after Nathan Queen wrecks the it's field. not going to win. There's no this way. There's no three. way. There's no this is way the third time happens. in a row that you've said this about who I picked. No. Michael, the, the only one that, that I said was ridiculous was Michael Johansson, and he didn't win anything. So I well, was we never wrong that far about back. that. The curse hadn't started yet. There's oh a new curse. Gosh. <laughs> I'm going to go into my dark horse pick. Okay. My dark horse pick, this name immediately stuck out because I, uh, and I, I was going to clear this up. I'm really jealous of Hunter's dark horse pick <laughs> because I didn't realize he was there. So we're all rooting for Hunter's dark horse pick, but I took Sam Lee. He's 999 rated and he absolutely popped off. I can see the disappointment in Connor's eyes. Did you take Sam Lee? Okay. No. He you know, uh, texted us yesterday and he, said, I said you can't take Sam I Lee. I texted you, I think. Oh, it was just me. Yeah. Because I, I knew wow, I thought you were going to take Trevor him. leaving me out of the text messages. Sorry, Man, Connor. That doesn't work from the narrative. Um, <laughs> he went off at Battle for Bedford. He like hung around with the lead card and that really is impressive to he me. He played last year. Did you even look at his last year finish at this event? That's not that was not what important. I'm a very, I'm a very much instinctual okay. guy when well, it comes he, to these picks. He played picks. really good at this event last year. That's why I thought you didn't even him. need to matter. It was all about I the you him Bedford. That. He passes the eye test. Is just like that's what all that mattered. All right, I like it. Connor, what's your dark horse pick? My dark horse pick. So somebody did message me this week oh, suggesting gosh. a dark horse pick, and I think it's a good one though. Okay. It's not like a, <laughs> I was gonna say dang. we can only handle but so much throwing more coffee shade, coming from you. Throwing shade. At well, the I mean, guys it's like a lot of them have been like pretty, kind of risky ones, and by risky, I mean very likely they're not going to do well. Like literally one, telling you, I'm not going to do well, but I'm going to make a bunch of TikToks. Yes, <laughs> but this this guy isn't suggesting himself; he's suggesting okay, someone for me, I which I I very much appreciate. I like the help. So Jonathan DM'd me and said, uh, I won't read the whole message, but he told me to pick Jackson Hester. Uh, he's 960 rated. <laughs> Dang, man. <laughs> he, but he said he just turned pro. He's 18 years old. He got second place last year in advance to MCO, and he already has a win and four top five finishes in open this year. So it does seem like he How is... How big were those fields? What... I'm just saying, I've come in fifth place at an open tournament. And there was six people there, so like I look, I did look him up, and he seems pretty legit. Okay. I mean, he's in, in his, uh, he's finished top. It doesn't matter I unless that's on a pro tour. I don't care if he finished top three, five. Hold on, let me there. find. Let me find him. I could have been there. It's yeah, a, that's a free. He could have beat Trevor and me to get into sixth place. All right, Walter, 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 it doesn't matter. It doesn't okay. matter. It doesn't matter. Connor's but locked in. Anyway, I chose him. Jonathan. Chose him. Jonathan. No. Is that his name? Jackson. <laughs> Jackson. Jonathan Jackson, me bro. It was about Jackson. Jackson. 
Jonathan. How do you forget a name like Jackson, dude? It's not Jackson. It's Jackson. Like you, you said, said Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, you, you, you said it with a T. Jackson. I think you guys just have bad ears. Wow. So Connor bullying. So Connor us actually now. bullying both of us now. Yeah. That's the narrative. Mm, okay. okay. Out of the turntables. This is going to make for a good bogey bro banter. Because we're already on each other's neck <laughs> before we even get there. Um, my dark horse pick is, I mean, he's going to tie everyone's shoestrings together until they trip. That Little shoestring. So funny. 997. I was trying I'm to think so of a way to get it. I'm so jealous of that pick. I don't it know doesn't how really matter look. who we pick. Yeah, Will Shoestrick's got to be the greatest dark horse pick of all time. He's literally in his backyard. It's in his. I think he designed half these courses. Honestly, I'm pretty sure he did. Probably did. And his arm is as fresh as it's ever been. He's also like he's got a healthy son at home right now. I saw. I keep seeing him watching disc golf with his son. He's living. This is. Forget peak Will Shoestrick of 2012-2014 USCGC winner. I'm going to tell you right now. And it's I'm going to tell you. I think Will Shoestrick's going to win. I should have picked him to win if the tournament. Will Shoestrick, <laughs> if we, Will Shoestrick... Can, can, can I my dark horse pick be my pick to win? Yep. Yes. Should I, should I do it? Should I change I mean, out Nathan Queen? And they're, push both, no, they're, they're, they're both... They're both... You right, know. I got I got to go Nathan, Nathan Queen. Queen. I got to go Nathan Queen. But Will Shoestrick... Whoa. Will Shoestrick is going to pop off. It's just going to be reminiscent of a younger me watching disc golf. If he somehow climbed back into like if he climbed back to the top of disc golf again after all this time it would make me smile forever i think i don't think i'd ever stop smiling if we'll, <laughs> like if we had like a comeback moment and will shoestrick like this could be it a couple years from now like wins a world title like i would probably cry you think will shoestrick has the chops to be able to do that though i don't yeah. know i don't know what's he rated right now 997 yeah, he just hasn't been. He's he, he hasn't hurt. Been he hasn't been in the game. Like yeah, he hurt his shoulder. It messed up his putt. But does he have? Like, does he have anything that it takes to be a top? He was one of. The, he's probably yeah. one of the greatest backhand throwers. He's got three U.S. titles, man. Yeah, but he doesn't really have much of a forehand, does he? And there's he James Conrad. He can't. Yeah, throw James Conrad just won a world. The biggest difference. Can't throw that far. We just, not, yeah, as, will not as far as the as the top pros. Yeah, you can. Did, did Are you, you crazy? When did you start watching disc golf, yeah. man? Okay, I'm Will sorry. Shustrick throws will just Shustrick as far taught, as... Will Shustrick's tutorial taught all these guys how to throw. <laughs> okay, let's will, be clear. Will Shustrick does not have uh, world-class distance, but he has James... I would compare him. His his comparison is James Conrad, but he can't putt as well. So Really? Currently. Okay. If, if, yeah, so if Shustrick could get City his... Open, he's back. If he could get his putt okay. going, he has a game that is comparable to, to Conrad, I think, because he throws. He can throw the putters really well. He has a great turnover. Mm-hmm. He has a forehand. Like yeah. okay, for some reason he doesn't have forehand either. He hangs in my out. head yeah, as Nico's, a far thrower. Nah, dude, shoe which bombs, I apologize dude. for. Don't ever say that again. Yeah, never. I'm, I'm a shoestrick stand. I, I like Will Shoestrick a lot. We need to get some shoestrick merch. I still need to get my Castro merch. I haven't, I haven't been able to find any. Yeah, you fake fan, dude. Who's my guy again? Dude. Yeah, my you whole remember closet your is Terry Roethlisberger, dude. You know. Who who is your okay. guy? Who are Wait, you a fan of? I do have to because I remember, you. but you remember? Is it was it Corey Ellis? Yeah, it was Corey Ellis. I do have to tell you, I'm kind of bummed out. So like for the trivia, we always do we never do anything visual because we want to cater to our audio listeners because we love our audio listeners. We love you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes if you love people us, leave a review. Sometimes on people Podcast. send us. Sometimes people send us really good trivia ideas that are visual. And I pretty much got the all time version of that where somebody sent me like old pictures of players, like childhood pictures oh. um, or baby pictures. Them. And you had to get you them. that on Instagram, put up like polls and like some of them are, some player? of them are obvious, but some of them aren't. And like some of these pictures are quite electric. So I just wanted we'll to, have to do, that. We have to do something with that in the future. But surely. I, I just look at this picture. Right, let's of Eric get, let's get into FPL quick, predictions for quick. me. That's Eric Oakley. I, I would have guessed that because it looks. But I mean, doesn't he look you, like an absolute? If athlete? you cover his ponytail, 
It's dead on Eric Oakley. I always picture. And I did Eric just Oakley. say ponytail and Eric Oakley in the same sentence. And then this is your boy Jordan Castro. I would have easily guessed that too. Just point it out there. Um, FPO picks. I also went kind of basic, but I snuck a different. I snuck a new winner in too. I went Good Sarah Holcomb you, third, Paige Pierce second. I took Heather Young for the win. Oh my gosh! Now, <laughs> hear what me are you out. Doing. We're back in Tennessee. Okay, things are different in Tennessee. That this, a song? this is where it <laughs> probably should be. <laughs> I just think Heather Young, she's going to feel at home, literally. She's probably staying at her house right now for this tournament. She's from Tennessee? Yeah. That local bias, man. Pretty sure. I hope so. That was, <laughs> like, well, that was my whole pick was she's based from, on. She's like from Portland. <laughs> no, she's definitely from Tennessee. Tennessee isn't the only place that has trees, though. What? Excellent what did I say about point. trees? That is so <laughs> funny. What did I say about trees? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's That's from Kingston, really Tennessee. Funny. Where's Music City open at? I couldn't be further. It's in the Nashville. Music City. Obviously. They're right next That's to each other. That's why it's called other. Music City. Everyone knows Kingston just butts up to Nashville. They're right Everybody next to each other. Everybody knows that. Everyone knows it. That's a common thing. Uh, actually, fun fact for you, these courses are on the border of Kingston and Nashville. <laughs> whole 18, <laughs> I have no idea. Whole 18, you throw across. Well, yeah, whole 18, you cross the border into Kingston. That's actually, it's that actually basket. In, it's in her living room. That basket's in her backyard. <laughs> yeah. That's what she grew up looking at and putting on was whole 18 out here. So best of luck beating her <laughs> out on this so course. Awesome. No, that's a good point, Hunter. I, I think that we can all say that was a very wise decision. That was very wise. My picks are just as vanilla as ever. Cat in third, Missy Gannon okay, so in second. so Kingston's two hours away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got Cat in third, Missy Gannon in second, and Paige in first. I also went Sarah Hokum just because I went... Hope to do. The forehand. I like thing. that pick a lot. I'm jealous of that pick. Yeah. But Heather Young, if she pops off... If I get a Heather Young, Nathan Queen sweep, I deserve something. If both yeah, of those two... Do. If both of those two if those win, win... what do you If they me? win, I will personally wash your truck hand and bucket and sponge and hose i will come once over to your like house just just once but i will give it a good wash i'll even get some like wax, wax. i want you to wax i will wash wax. both of those two win <laughs> and shine I, my i don't truck. even put anything on the line for you because i think it's so improbable yeah. i will do that for you heck yeah and it's getting colder by the day so like it, it might be like 60 degrees out and i'm out there shivering with Love the hose it. all right Let's if you get both of them i'll shave my beard oh, oh! my gosh Oh, oh my. please let Nathan Queen and Heather Young win. I am the biggest Nathan oh Queen my gosh. Of all time. Oh, my gosh. You that know, would be what amazing. did you just what say? Did you just, I just, just thought say? we were all on the same point. That was not going to happen. I just, the truck wash, that maybe takes me a couple <laughs> hours on my Saturday. Just, there's no way that's going to happen. There's no way that Nathan Queen win. There is a chance. Please. Oh, if it comes to the final day and Nathan Queen and Heather Young are You can't back team, out of got it. But it's not like clean shave. It's just like. No, no, no. You can't back out. Yeah. Uh, I didn't back out. I just mean like I'm not shaving. Like it'll be, fair, you it'll be short. It'll be short. It, so. Yeah, it'll be I buzzed. You said you were going to shave your did head. Did I said I was going to shave my head, or did Brody say that's also a good point? You volunteered. You did volunteer. Big difference. You didn't say I'm going to cut or trim my beard. I think you better hope. You better if you need to set something in motion. If you know what I mean, like a little sabotage, you better do that. I know a guy. All right, Nathan Queen. If you're listening to this, man. That's crazy. Not even just Nathan Queen. Although I think Nathan Queen winning is less likely than Heather Young winning. So yeah, Nathan Queen, if you're listening to this, that's crazy. I really hope not. My sister's through. wedding is coming up. So what? You look, it's not like you're going to look like an alien. I don't want to see my chin. <laughs> I'm scared you, you of it. You bet it. You bet it. We didn't so ask you to do that. Oh, that's going to be electric. I was just caught up in the moment. Yeah. I love it. Wow. We need to do that more often. <laughs> yeah. Don't put Apparently. it. Yeah. All right. So 
we're gonna wrap up the show with a make that call segment. Oh, this is this is the make that call. This is the make that call. Make that call. This this came up at the tournament. You like hyped this up to me, and very interesting. Took me an eternity. We actually had to we actually had to send a message to the PDGA to figure oh, out. Oh my it, We had to send a message to the PDGA to figure out what what we had to answer, and it was before the tournament. The round even started. Love this. Okay, so you're playing on a card. One of the guys. Brody, what are you doing back there? Can you hear a volume check? <laughs> <laughs> I can hear I can quiet hear on the set. I can hear. Quiet on the set. Yeah, we're live over here, man. Um, <laughs> so, you're playing on a card. One of the guys doesn't show up. So you start giving him par plus four for each hole he misses. Yeah. Eventually, he's sitting at 68 over par, and you're standing on the 18th tee. Here he and comes then. sprinting up the fairway to tee off. And he wants to stay in the tournament. He makes it. He tees off, taking a par to finish at 68 over. You walk over to the TD, and y'all are trying to figure out, does his round count, or is there a, is there a minimum number of holes that he needs to play in order for it to count as a complete There's round? no chance there's anything in the rules suggesting that. No chance. It's so funny because I had a lot of those situations happen, and I was kind of just telling people, like, hey, like, so if your guy doesn't show up, he gets par, uh, par plus... Um, four for each hole and then i was like eventually if he never shows up you know we can remove him from the card so at what point do you remove from the card right and i i think i was kind of like i was kind of insinuating that people kind of would do that after like nine or so holes because the guy's not showing up that is an anomaly and i'm glad it didn't happen in my course because i'd have been like oh shoot i'm saying that i'm saying that he doesn't have to play a minimum of holes i don't think there's so anything you think if he shows up on 18 yeah plays it out i think he gets to continue playing if I did that in New London, I think I'd score my best score. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. Yeah, I was going to say, I the know... Par plus four counts as him completing the hole. Yeah, I say, I so know the theory, wording of the par plus four role. In theory, role, I think he could just take a plus 72 and play the second round. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because we had a guy, he was... We set tee times for the event. He had called... Uh, like, we set the tee times... Night before the event, he called. He's like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna be able to be there a little late. Like, is that fine?" I was like, "You'll get par plus four plus every hole for every hole." He's like, "That's fine." I respect day of that. the he event. Just to play. Day of the event, his friend comes up. He's like, "He's not gonna get there to like hole 15 or 16. Can he still play?" And the only rule I could think of is I knew that nine holes had to be completed of like a field for it to count. Thirteen holes of the field has to be completed for the, uh, there to be a round rating. But like. I did. I knew that was the field, so I like started googling, searching everything, trying to find like if one player has to do a certain thing. And eventually, I called the, some of the other TDs. They didn't know uh, because like such a weird situation. It makes sense though, because like and then they finally someone reached out to the PDGA. The PDGA responded and said, if he completes hole eighteen, he completed his round. The par plus four rule is interesting. Wow. He ended up showing on hole, up on hole like thirteen. He was gonna get there on like hole ten, but I think he got like a speeding ticket on the way. He that oh, he was that having a rough sucks. day. So he, he but he got to play the tournament and you know the bright side is I think he already had a rating. So his first round most likely dropped from his rating. Probably. Um so at least like if he cares about where his rating was, it wouldn't affect that. I and, respect uh, that he just wanted to play. Though. He just wanted to play. He, cool. he was like I really don't want to miss He's like I really don't want to miss Saturday and Sunday's round. Like I'm going to get there as soon as I can for Friday's round. I just don't want to miss I don't want to have that to drop sense. out of the tournament. I mean, he had a lot of golf le- left to play on the next two days. Yeah, so he actually ended up winning. Did it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, he, he actually ended up taking par I'm minus. I'm going unironically use the word dark horse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to tune into Bogey Bro Banter. Uh, and if you if you've heard us talk about how I won the challenge 16 and 2 
Trevor's going to try to say I lost. I'm wrapping up the show. Don't bring it up. 16 to 2. If I'm that's somehow lost, you want to see how on earth that logic makes sense because it doesn't. That video is also dropping on our Patreon. Uh, I was going to say, don't um, please don't tell me we're bringing it up on the banter because I'm not. It, trying it might to do slide. That again. It might slide into the banter. No, Who knows? But there I'm is not a 25. A word. There is a 25 minute video that's going up on <laughs> on our Patreon exclusive that is still up in the air as to who Turn won or lost. Even though I'm up 16 2, people are trying to say I lost. You'll have to watch and find out how they even think that that's logical. Other than that, we'll talk to you next week.